XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. It's getting colder in here. Mm-hmm. Walker comes to me and feel how cold it is right here. Yeah, I'm in the freezer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Welcome back. Are you talking to someone specifically? Someone who's been here before? Were you experimented on? It is so cold right here. It's comes in waves. I remember. Do you remember someone? If you remember someone, can you tell us their name? A couple of women. A couple of women? Who's been here? Can you name the people that have been here? You're right, there are some people that have been here. Two women. I just saw a white orb come off of John. Right before he put his hands down, because when I saw some white screw across his chest. Yeah, you're a warm. If they try to stop you from talking, we're going to call Mr. Green. Can you tell us more? Robert, if you're here, give us a sign. If you notice, John can speak for you. After one minute. Mm-hmm. It's getting colder again. Mm-hmm. You waiting on us? You holding out? Mm-hmm. We'll get it. We'll get it. Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. Welcome back to XV Planets. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very happy to be here to dive further into the weird with you. Now, I know many of you were hoping for the immediate follow-up to the last episode, and I so hope to deliver that on time, but alas, after collecting everyone's accounts, the runtime was something like, I don't know, 215 minutes? So I thought, yeah, I'd better whittle that down just a little bit, eh? And I thought, hey, in the process of all those amazing interviews I've been doing for the next proper episode, all of our friends and fellow explorers have been saying, hey, I've got a tidbit or two to share about those first few hours. So, friends, please enjoy this catch-up collage, an addendum, if you will, to our most recent episode. 
May this small morsel tide you over until next week when we release not one, but two episodes in one day, only because I know all of you will simply freak out if anything clocks in at over 90 minutes. While not immediately picking up from the last episode, I must say this episode will be useful preparing for the next two that follow. On this bonus episode, you will have brief introductions to several people who were on the Waverly team, so when they come back into play next week, you will have already made the introductions and be familiar with their beautiful voices. Our team for the Waverly Hills Sanatorium investigation totaled at about nine people, most of whom you will hear from tonight. Since we all have different schedules and live in different places, it kind of made more sense for me to interview everyone individually than attempt a group roundtable recording session. So as we progress through the final hours of our investigation, you will hear from the other team members as we approach each event in the order that it happened. Each of these interview snippets you'll be hearing tonight and on the episodes that follow can be found in their full uncut and uncensored glory on our Patreon. So if you want over five hours worth of you know, extra content just related to this episode alone, follow the link in the show notes and subscribe today. So, in the process of interviewing everyone for this series, a few members of the team told me they had an experience or two that they wanted to share with you all from earlier on in the investigation. So let's bring it back to Jill Weaver for a moment and talk about a small oddity I neglected to mention on the previous installment. We were having some odd experiences before that with a mutual friend of ours, and I was wondering if you'd talk about that for a minute. I know. I love name dropping. Um, I actually had gotten a message from one of my friends, and they said, can you tell us more Forrest stories? So I'm going to talk about Forrest Burgess and Astonishing Legends, who I love to pieces, and he's so busy recording. So um, I kind of started doing this. You know, we really wanted you there, Forrest, so we're going to call you and FaceTime you and sort of make you, you know, very brief part of this adventure so um i had called him we were sitting in the break room which just for your listeners you know when we're talking about these places the the break room the new break room is on second floor it's just down the hall from where all these uh, new administrative offices are and uh so i i had called forrest and so i was on my iphone and he had sat down uh, with his iPad. Now his iPad was fully charged and it was also plugged into power. And so, you know, he and I were kind of chatting and I'm like, you know, yeah, we're at Waverly and everything's all like real different. And, you know, everybody was kind of coming by and like waving going, hi, Forrest, hi, Forrest, you know, and, you know, we wish you were here, that kind of thing. And um, my sense of time is, is always sort of distorted on an investigation and um, just because there's so much going on. So I don't, not really sure how much time it had lapsed. I want to say like 10 or 15 minutes. And, um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, we just lost our connection. It just, it just broke off connection. And uh, Megan had been sitting there, you know, kind of, you know, we were sitting on the couch, I believe, kind of, you know, chatting with Forrest. And, um, and I said, what the heck, you know, I thought I had a really strong signal. And, you know, Megan goes, oh, you know, it's probably your phone, you know, you just like lost, you know, your connection. So she called him. And it took a while before he finally answered. And he said, because he had to go to his phone. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, I think my connection dropped. And, you know, he realized that I was with Megan. And uh, he goes, no, it wasn't your phone. He said, my iPad cut off. And he said, 
not only did my iPad just like cut off like a drop connection, he said the reason it dropped the connection is that his iPad completely drained of all power. The battery was down to zero and it was actually connected to power and there wasn't enough power there to maintain the connection. Hmm. <laughs> so we thought, well, you know, Waverly's just kind of saying hello to you too. And um, so anyway, we, we chatted just for a few more minutes on, uh, on Megan's phone and then everyone was really anxious to get the, the investigation going. So, you know, um, Waverly did say sort of hello to Forrest and, you know, kind of like, I remember you and now let these people go, you know, ghost hunt, and, you know, goodbye to you. Right. Right. That was, it was actually, that, that was hilarious to me because it, um, it would have been one thing if it would, you know, because he was talking to me about this too. It was like, it would, would have been one thing if, you know, the thing just, you know, dropped out for a second or something like that, but it completely powered down. I have no idea what was going on there. I'm like, yeah, I guess that place has reaches far. It, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And, um, yeah, we, you know, we always talk about portals and things and how you can connect to things. And there's definitely connection through electronics. But, you know, an iPad, a fairly new iPad, you know, the, the battery is pretty powerful. You know, mine, I get a lot, I get a lot of time on my iPads. I, I can't imagine. And that, like I said, that was within, I mean, it drained within seconds because, you know, he was sitting there and he didn't say, oh my gosh, you know, my, my iPad's draining. It just, it drained on one fell swoop. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> Next up, we have a new voice on the show, but a project regular on the investigation front. Sunny has been joining me on investigations since the very beginning. In fact, she was even on the very first investigation I ever arranged for this monstrosity that has become XV Planus. Sunny, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Hello. Is there anything that happened during those first few hours of the investigation that you thought might be worth mentioning? Yeah, well, we were doing like the lay of the land kind of tour and Jill, myself and Megan kind of went off on our own. And there was that new section that had just been opened up, which was the x-ray room. Mm-hmm. And which dark and creepy in itself, because there's like really tiny nooks and crannies to even try to get to the where the x-ray was being taken um but we were we were kind of rallying around this one spot in that room and suddenly jill's phone just goes hello and it was in siri's voice but no one was talking no one was talking to siri for that matter and we just all looked at each other and was like who who has their phone and we all looked at our phones and there was no screen lit up there was no alert there no prompt absolutely not (laughs) It was just random hello. Yeah, electronics are freaking wacky in that place, that's for sure. Yeah, Jill and I were out on the balcony outside of, like, the... Is it the fifth floor that has the kids' playroom? Right, yeah, yeah. Um, We were just out there appreciating the moonlight and the view and just the fresh air, just kind of hanging out. And then from behind me, I hear this voice say, Mom? And I turn around and there's no one there. And I just, my heart kind of melted because just knowing the history. And I'm like, oh, buddy, I'm not your mom, but I kind of wish <laughs> I wish I was there to comfort you. But no. Did it um did it sound like a child's voice? Yes. Yeah. Male or female? Male. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You thought it was a male's voice, which is kind of interesting to me because there's this uh, constant talk about the, the spirit of Timmy. 
who uh, lives up there. And and this apparently is the the spirit of the boy who loves to play with balls, which actually, you know, comes into play a little bit later. Was odd as he sounded a little older. He didn't sound like a toddler child. He didn't sound quite a teenager either. I would Pre-teen, guess like, like 9 to 12. Almost adolescence. Right. Is what this voice sounded like. So I don't know that that would necessarily be Timmy. Could mm. be, could not be. No, likely not. Timmy is supposed to be nine years old. But yet again, that's also one of these things that we cannot confirm nor deny. So, right. I mean, a, a lot of this is all up to speculation. I, a lot of these names that keep popping up, they come from all of these different paranormal groups who keep going there. And, you know, after experiencing some of these places firsthand myself, it, I really got to... I got to ask myself, and I encourage any other investigators out there to ask themselves, are you really walking in there with a clear mind, or are you going in there with somebody else's experience in your head? Because this is not an exact science, so to be running off of somebody else's opinions on a lot of this stuff could be potentially dangerous. Right, and that's that's why I wanted to know as little as possible going in. That's right. You were one of the I, ones who completely stayed away from it. Right. I knew like the basic history of the building, but I didn't want to know too much about specifics of people who were there. Did anything else happen with you in particular uh, on the lead up towards the Esta session? Yeah. What I will say is one of the things that stood out to me most, and you mentioned it in the last episode, was the balloon with the light in it. The LED light. Yeah. And we took it from the playroom on the fifth floor just to see if it was, we were all like, it could be the wind. It could not be the wind. And it's, it was very sporadic. Sometimes it, I mean, it would, it would very much respond. But we were like, just to get rid of our doubts, let's go take it to a place where there is no draft. So we took it to the stairwell. And we started talking a little bit, and it would start to move. And then we started bringing our phones out to try to document it. Well, at this point, it is not responding at all. And I look around, and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, hey, guys, everyone put your phones and cameras away. And then we start asking questions. And immediately, it starts responding. Mm. I think what you're talking about is a little while later, we left it in that stairwell Later, like hours later, we're passing by that stairwell and we see the balloon moving, trying to go back up the stairs. It's moving, trying to get back up to the fifth floor. And we're like, oh, buddy, you want your ball back in the playroom. So we were like, okay, we're going to bring it back up here because we didn't bring it back up there. And I guess that's where it's used to having its ball. By the way, these are the same balloons I mentioned in the last episode with the the weighted little LED lights in them. And as you mentioned looked like they were easily being tossed around by air. You had the best way of describing it the last time we chatted. It's it's this LED light in a balloon, but it's not like it's moving around. It looks like someone had reached in and flicked it yes. with their finger to yeah. where the LED light would start bouncing around the balloon. Yep. And like when we were talking to it in the stairwell, it was more so like, can you lift up? the balloon and it would like subtly move but there were other moments where it would just go wacky like someone had flicked it yeah that was that was an element and that's why all of us wanted to 
try to capture it on on film but yeah anytime anybody broke out an electronic device yep gone all activity stopped you said you had a few things that you wanted to throw in about the uh the esta session right about the morgue one yeah that was just i mean we kind of covered like i think jill definitely covered a lot of that because it did like the cold spots <clears throat> that were happening <laughs> um it was it was intense. I mean, the fact that people were getting mentioned out by name, the fact that it, it knew that people had been there before. But what really got me is when you sat up on the table and had this terrible side pain and were like physically hurting. And then you, you laid back down and were OK. But then once it started getting colder, you started shivering even harder. And we were like wanting to tap you out of it. And we were like, well, just just wait a second. Just, just wait, cold, just, just a moment. Let, let's just see. And then that's when, like, tapped your foot and like threw. I think Megan, yeah, Meg, like threw threw a jacket, a, over yeah, the sweatshirt over you to like try to warm you up a little bit. And then that's when like things calmed down a little bit. But you were still definitely like shaking hmm. after that. And then after the answers and Walker started feeling like the fingers running through his hair, I think things kind of took a turn, but also started to like quiet down a little bit. I had the full spectrum camera, I believe in my hand and I was recording you and there was this weird light that seemed like it was coming from the window, but like every time I would pan up, like it wasn't there. And I, I mean, it, it could have been anything. I don't know if that's anything paranormal. It, it just weirded me out a little. You want to hear something while what? Only five minutes of that whole session got recorded on video. You're joking. From every single camera that was running in that room. Only five minutes pulled from all of those sources. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the camera did die partially, like, towards the end, but we still had way more footage. Yeah, you said you were going for, like, almost a solid half hour before it. Yeah, I was going the majority of it. It was only towards the end where it died, and I was able to get it back on, like, back off and on. For that one, like, only the first minute and a half. Wow. For the one that Lisa was holding, probably about the same, about a minute and a half. That's wild. And then uh, I think I had the the iPhone camera rolling, and it only kept, like, maybe two minutes. So it's... I don't know. Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> folks, I do want to tell you that Flood's original plan was to do the Estes method session <laughs> in the morgue drawer. Luckily, <laughs> this drawer was broken because had he been shivering and we not be able to get to him. Yeah, again, terrible ideas. We know. Yeah, but at the same time, had you locked me in the morgue drawer, maybe the greenhouse effect would have generated enough heat (laughs) to keep me warm and not have suffocated me enough uh, to kill me in the span of, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, We'll be hearing from Sonny again in the next episode, but for now, let's take a moment to introduce two more members of the XV Planus family who joined us at Waverly, Lisa and Todd. While they didn't necessarily have any major events that happened early on in the night of the investigation, I think it's high time you meet them because you'll be hearing from them quite a bit in the next couple of episodes. All 
All right, guys, at this point, I want to thank two friends of mine and friends of the show, Lisa and Todd, for coming on. They were with us at Waverly Hills, and as you all know, it's really important for us to get as many points of view to any investigation we do, because no matter what happens, everybody's going to perceive things differently and have different experiences. And the same can be said for you two. Now, during the uh, the latter half of the evening, we all hung around a lot more often, but for the first half of the night, you guys were kind of off doing your own thing, weren't you? Oh yeah, for the most part. No, did you uh, did you guys have any odd experiences while you're off by yourselves and separated from the group? Uh, not specifically, not anything that was really of significance to speak of. Um, we started out with Jill down the death tunnel, so of course you have high hopes right off the bat. Um, <laughs> but it's early on; it's so early, so there wasn't much. But yeah, I mean, it was so good to be at least rounded again. Todd, what about you? You have any odd things happen to you in the shadows for those first few hours or pretty chill for you too? So there, there was a whole lot of time that I spent just walking around by myself. Yeah. And honestly, there was not a whole lot of anything other than just like that kind of creepy feeling that you'd honestly expect to have there. I didn't really have anything that I specifically saw that was unexplainable up until our little creeper incident. Ah, uh, dearest old Ricky. So b- before that incident happened, actually, Lisa, you were down there with us for the Estes session, and Todd, I think yeah. you were off wandering around a bit, right? Yes. Okay. So, Lisa, you you recorded pretty much two-thirds of that, uh, of that session on the full-spectrum camera for me, right? Yeah, yeah. The files are not anywhere to be found. I swear to God. Yeah. Of course they're not. Um, What is to be found and what is to be taken from that is even though, and I know scientifically speaking, it's really a detriment that it's not there, that footage. Mm -hmm. However, there were enough people there in different forms and realms as to how they feel and how intuitive they are. And sometimes when it's a hit and you recognize that you're having that connection of a communication, you go, oh, aha, it's not just me. It's not just you. It's kind of the inside joke of it. So I'm not surprised that none of that footage actually turned up. We're going to round this out with a couple of familiar voices to the XV Planus family. And uh, the first one would be our dear friend Meg. Let's see what she has to say. major haunt so far and uh as always we appreciate you joining us now you already listened to the first episode and we talked about kind of everything leading up to that moment in the hallway mm-hmm. so before we actually get to that is there anything that happened earlier on in the evening that you would want to touch on yeah the only thing that really strikes me out of my memory is um the light up balloons on the fifth floor mm-hmm. um so we were you know kind of doing a little bit of an Estes up there, I think. Um, but we ended up picking up one of the balloons and taking it down to the fourth floor because I was like, it's kind of drafty up here. There's a little bit of wind. Let's take it somewhere where it's like more protected and see if it's still moving around. So it was you. Okay. That was Le- me, yeah. yeah. Lisa and I were trying to figure out whose idea it was to take it down. It was there. me. Okay. So we took it down the staircase into the fourth floor stairwell and 
proceeded to continue to ask questions. And then I think we all kind of just got distracted and wandered away. And like we had walked down all the way to the other end of the fourth floor and then all the way back. But during that incident in the um, in the stairwell, any time that any one of us broke out our cameras, it they stopped were, moving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what like um, as we left and then came back, we were walking past that stairwell again. And I looked, I happened to look out of the corner of my eye and it was moving. And I was like, guys, guys, guys. And then we all like were like squeezing into the door frame into the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And then somebody got their camera out. I think it was you. And yeah. it stopped. And then I was like, oh, shit. it wants like it was moving towards the staircase. We need to take it back upstairs. Right. Yes. Like it wants to go back upstairs. We left it down here in the stairwell and like all of the fun kid stuff is upstairs. And it did keep kind of like bouncing, bouncing towards, the towards the stairs. And then you, yeah. everybody put their phones up and you were like, do you want us to take the balloon back upstairs? And then it was like flopping around. That's right. And so it was you or me picked it up and took it back upstairs. I'm pretty sure that was you. Yeah. You you were already closest to it. So Yeah, cuz I I was like I caught it out of the corner of my eye and then I was like, "Oh, f- we left it down here." Right. And then it was like cuz when we left it down, like the stairway, like the little I don't know, like the the way the stairwell was, it came down to like a little square basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then the next staircase you'd walk forward and around like a c-shape down again Mm -hmm. but there was like that little landing and when we had left it it was in the far uh left corner of the landing like if you're looking down um but when we walked back past it was all the way up against the stair to go upstairs Mm -hmm. so it was like it had moved i don't know four or five feet probably and like and even um and and i can vouch for the fact that once we got it to the stairwell, like even human traffic of us just walking through there, uh, the the wind effect that it was having on the balloons was minimal by that yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Once we took it out of those those main I forget rooms why we set it down and kind of just wandered away. Like I'm not sure what happened, but I like wh- I think we had set it down in the in the stairwell and asked a couple questions, and then like I don't know why this happened. I couldn't recall why it happened, but we all kind of just wandered out and then as we were walking past again later is there anything else before one that stands out to you that you want to talk about um jill and todd and i forget who else was with us lisa went down to the tunnel Mm -hmm. and nobody else seemed to notice it but like it had there's halogen bulbs right so, like, it's, like, you could flip the lights on and there's halogen all the way down. We had no idea. Or fluorescent, I guess. You know, like, the old school, like, 80s, like. There was a light switch? Clip-style fluorescents. Yeah, we didn't turn them on, but you could see they're there. Ah. Um, when Jill turned out all of her, she had, like, a little red, like, flashlight and her bell and everything. But when she turned out all of her lights, I don't know that anyone else could see it, but um, the fluorescents were glowing like a real... Faint. faint green like really faint like i think i pointed it out to todd but like i i, I think there is a legitimate explanation oh for definitely because i've seen that happen before yeah, yeah. but i know. was like does anyone else seeing this and nobody else mentioned it so i didn't know if it was like am i hallucinating in the dark is this glowing what's what's going on pretty sure that each and every one of us had at least one mild hallucination at one point or the other throughout the course of that entire trip and how you want to define hallucination depends on the person. I mean, hallucination for one is uh, 
peek behind the curtain for somebody else. So. Yeah, that's true. And now we will circle back around to our favorite Sasquatch disguised as a human, Walker, who wanted to elaborate a little bit more about the aftermath of the Estes session that we had earlier on in this evening. Um, the only thing that we didn't really bring up from my point of view was um, just like how immediately after like the Estes session ended, uh, I got pretty like physically sick. Um, like not feeling well, like couldn't really like headache, couldn't focus, like stomach in knots. Um, and that was kind of immediately after the Estes session, uh, we went back up into the break room. Um, kind of started in, in the middle of the session, didn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, I, I, I guess it would have started during the session and then just kept going. I guess it meant to be like just like immediately after I was like, I need to go sit down. Um, And so I just like kind of sat there for a while. And then that was when Jill was talking. Like, I think that was when you had gone off into the hallway, but we were, I was just in the, in the room, just like not feeling good. And they're like, let's take you outside. We're going to go up to the fifth floor and do some more like lighthearted stuff. And then that's when, that's when I came barreling in. Yeah. Yeah, hijacked the situation. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> that was all right. That's going to wrap it up for now, my friends. Be sure to join us next week for a double episode drop. We will have that out no later than Thursday, and it will encompass the entirety of the remainder of our investigation of Waverly. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere as XVPlanus, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those very same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and review us. And tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people at the bus stop about us. You can also support us by going to www.patreon.com slash xvplanis and subscribing to gain access to our exclusive content. xvplanis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. For more great shows like the one you just listened to, go to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. This show is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I'm your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In Abambratio. Lactus Subvelo.